0: You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. Hey, and welcome to Digital Noise, our TV spectacular. Pot de, or 2 for you single language speakers, which is me too. I just happen to know the first couple numbers in French. Uh, probably from Sesame Street, but what are you going to do? Anyway, we have a bunch more stuff to talk about this week, a bunch more box sets of TV series. And then we will be going, uh, coming up either at the end of this week or probably more likely early next week, our standard movie cast with me and Joe doing our digital noise reviews of those. A lot of good stuff on there as well. But in the meantime, you'll see that just like always, the images for all these titles that you can buy are on the page. with Links to the Amazon pages, if you were to click on said images. And buy said product from the link the images sent you to, which is on amazon.com. We get a healthy, nice little kickback from Amazon. We always appreciate when you do that or you buy anything from Amazon that starts in those links as well. And even more important, please don't forget that subscribing to one of us.net is the number one way that you keep us going, that you keep this site going. It's what pays the bills. It's what keeps me from being destitute and on the street corners begging for change with a sign that says, you know, we'll give movie reviews for a dollar or something like that. Hopefully it won't come to that. So please become a subscriber. Can't tell you how much that will help. This episode that we've got in front of us here has a lot of great stuff. First, we get Rob Summers, one of our new guys. Who you've heard on a bunch of the highly suspect reviews talking with me about Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 1 and why. Walking Dead Season 6. That's right. Deal that we're going to defend The Walking Dead again. Then we've got Supernatural Season 11. Can't believe it's been going on this long, but I'm still enjoying the hell out of it. And of course, no big shocker to anyone. Joining me on that one is Sarah. This one is a full spoiler review for that season. Uh, so if you, if you don't want to know, you haven't seen it yet, you might want to skip that one. But if you do know, we have a lot of fun getting into the nitty gritty and the heavy duty details of Supernatural coming from the massive fandom that both Sarah and I share of that. Then of course there's Lucifer season one, a show that's better than it has any right to be that Elliot and JC, the sports crew come and join me to talk about that one. After that, we've got the affair Season two, one of the best shows that almost nobody I know is watching, which is unfortunate because I really, really dig the hell out of this show, and I hope this will encourage you to check it out. Joining me is my old friend Chip Tate. Who is a guy who actually performed my uh, marriage ceremony, about way back when, uh, when I was married to someone who I'm no longer married to, but who was also the owner of a bar I hung out with in the early, hung out at in the early '90s here for a long time. Helped him put it together, even worked there a few shifts. One of the nicest, sweetest guys I've ever had the pleasure to be friends with. And then last is the Nick season two, which is strangely the end of the Nick storyline which I did not know was a thing that was going to happen. Apparently Nick season three will go on and do a totally new story with a new director d- doing all the episodes and new characters, new time period. Anyway, a lot to say about that. And I'm joined by Russ Summers, who is Rob Summers, who I mentioned earlier, his twin brother. And he uh, is the, my one friend who uh, we had a lot of things to say about. It. I think we disagreed a little bit about this one, but overall a lot of good stuff to say about it. So anyway, Here we are. It's that moment you've been waiting for when we go to The Reviews. I didn't sing it, did I? The Reviews. I'm here with Rob, Hello. who is going to talk about two of the horror shows that just came out on Blu-ray and DVD. I think we're going to start off talking about the Stars Blu-ray home release of Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 1. As excited as I was for this thing to come out, I was not ready for how good it actually ended up being. Yeah. Because I think I, I walked into this, when it was coming out, I was like, man, I still want this to be good. But I got to tell you, I'm not counting on it being good. And I I feel like Raimi and Campbell and Taper and everybody else who went into this thing from having been doing the films and everything from the get-go walked into this like – People want to see more stuff like Evil Dead 2. Let's give them more stuff like Evil Dead 2. Finally. Yeah, because I mean, the remake movie, as much as I liked it, and I like it a lot, is definitely a straight horror film. It is not, that comedy isn't there. Yeah. Uh, this is for people who are like, I don't understand why that wouldn't like that, who want to see all the goofiness and, and splat stick, you know, <laughs> like gore that's funny. Yeah. When it happens instead of like actually just gross. Um, And uh, Campbell being just back on form, playing the guy he was born to play, Ash. Uh,
1: I think that we were, as a huge fan, as almost everyone is of these movies, uh, we'd all waited for the actual sequel to, for what, it was 20-something years now? Before since since uh, I, I think uh, thirty years. I don't, what was it? Eighty? No, was it, I don't even remember when, when Army happened. of Darkness Army came out. Darkness came out. Yeah, it's yeah. been about thirty years. Jesus. Uh, so uh, we were all pretty. We were all waiting, and then uh, they said they're going to do a TV show. I was immensely skeptical, just like you. I thought, man, really, this is what you're going to do? And it's what can you really do on TV? And well, the moment they
0: I, said stars, I was like, okay. I saw Spartacus. They can do as much as they want.
1: I think I was really <laughs> worried because I just didn't think because it's TV. Raimi was going to be particularly involved, and I thought. He is he is the, the 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 you know, the secret sauce that makes that thing so special and besides Bruce Campbell, obviously. Sure. But I think you know, Bruce Campbell is gonna be in front of the camera, but if he if it's just gonna be directed like some generic T V show, who cares? You right. Know, I thought how are they gonna maintain the tone and the humor and the violence and the you know, everything and, and I was so wrong to even be worried. Just that first episode blew me away. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, see yeah. wrote it was the Evil Dead you had been waiting for. Yeah, Remy came back
0: uh, a, a little confusing at first, because you're like, wait, shouldn't this have more Army of Darkness stuff? That, yes. Well, it turns out that they did not have the rights at that point yet to reference Army of Darkness. So which it's more of a direct different. sequel
1: to Evil Dead 2.
0: Yeah. However, uh, nothing is implausible. You, you couldn't. Like now they have the rights and they said in the next season they're going to bring that into it and there's nothing in the first season where they couldn't like find a way to go okay yeah and that happened too right. you know but you could watch this as as just like okay I never saw I saw or liked Army of Darkness this happens after Evil Dead Two now he's working uh, he's still working in a crappy store an S-Mart, if it's you will it's not Smart though but it's, it's S-Mart-ish. something ish uh,
1: yeah it's a giant store
0: uh, and uh, you know he's not doing
1: particularly well at his job as one would expect no he's he's uh,
0: he's kind of a He's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah,
1: he's kind of a like, douchebag. He's always in trailer just and- trying
0: to get laid from, like, you know, kind of scabby woman. And, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, living in a trailer. As one does. No, but he really, uh, for some reason, has caused an impression on Pablo, played by Ray Santiago, who just thinks he's great. The bee's knees. Not sure why. Yes,
1: yes. And a I, 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 uh, side note, he, he, him and uh, the, uh, who's the... Kelly, uh,
0: Dana Lorenzo?
1: Yeah. Uh, that was another thing I was skeptical about, was Ash having sidekicks. I thought, is the show going to be about these guys? Because I don't really... And they are both fantastic. Well, they fi- find a way to give both, like, Ash has more than enough
0: screen time. Yes. And these two also are given enough to do where you start genuinely liking them on their own as characters. They're interesting. They do. They uh, have, they have they, an
1: investment in what's going on. They have
0: their own story arcs here right. of good stuff. Like there's a whole story arc with uh with uh, Kelly getting possessed slowly that ends up being very funny. Yeah, and then you also have uh, adding to the cast Lucy Lawless who comes in more rapidly as the series goes on as a sort of mysterious woman chasing
1: Ash. I was a little iffy on that. That may have been probably the only thing I don't give a total positive because it was I just like following Ash and his buddies and Lawless doesn't really interconnect with them until close to the end of the show.
0: Yes, and what? then the, what they do with her character is a. Like the last episode, last three episodes are great. Once you get to the cabin, they mm-hmm. go back to the cabin. They're like, "Wow!" Before this felt like Evil Dead. Now it's totally can't miss it. This is a this real is, Evil Dead yeah. sequel um, with all the gore and all the same type of goofy humor and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawless, the way what they do with their character, where they decide why she's there and who she is. I was a little bit like, "Really."
1: <laughs> she's Not in a, yeah, she doesn't come off as the most essential character. They kind yeah, of show her in, but there.
0: apparently they're going to do because like, they released the trailer of the second season and she's fully in it, which surprised me. Well, I think she's um, but well, we don't want to give anything. But they changed It looks like they're changing what her goals are okay, and no. her role, where she really will be more of a a uh, ally in the second season.
1: I don't have any giant complaints about this show. I mean, that's probably one of my bigger ones. And like yeah. you said, I think. Raimi does the first episode, which which roars out of the gate. It's 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 good, but not great. For the next couple episodes, there is one where they encounter like a militia that I thought was. Awesome.
0: Yeah, and the sequence in the diner when they go in and the windows just explode yes. in, and everyone in the diner except them is instantly evil, dead, dead eyed. <laughs> and you're like, that That whole sequence is so bloody and disgusting and wonderful. It's-
1: Everything, yeah. They, they really found a way to make it a show, which I was kind of shocked by because I think when you watch the movies, they're very contained. There's really one sort of main idea. And to think that what are they going to do for, I don't even, what is it like, almost nine hours or i don't know how long is it no what how many ha- are they half hour episodes yeah, yeah they're about 20 minutes yeah. okay yeah. so yeah so but i just didn't know what they were gonna do for that long and boy they found a lot of stuff to do yeah and and have set themselves up with no end
0: of more ways this would could the go the end so. to this
1: season was terrific as well yeah. i thought the end i was like well what are we gonna do we're back at the cabin we're fighting evil dead where's this gonna go and they really did find a great place to you know leave us hanging yep which I was fine with because I was so freaking entertained. I remember when it was over, I was so bummed.
0: That yeah, was, that was the episode. last episode. I was yeah. so
1: bummed. I savored it, man. I waited. I like, I like watched those episodes like they were gold, and then I was just <laughs> bummed it was over. So. It was definitely a highlight, and I'm like, super excited. I hope they can maintain. Um, this co- the, if you get the, decide to get the Blu-ray, every
0: episode has a commentary uh, oh. featuring everybody from Sam Raimi to Bruce Campbell to Rob Tapert to uh, Ivan Raimi, uh, like just uh, to all the other actors who appear off and on on this. Lucy Lawless, I mean, everybody, you know, uh, yeah, like, and they're not all on every one, but you
1: know. Yeah, but everybody does a commentary.
0: Yeah. That was um. Fantastic. There's also like a 16 minute piece called Ash Inside the World that literally goes through every episode oh. where they talk about like here's the how we did some of the effects on this one. Here's you know stuff like little Easter eggs you may have missed stuff like that, which is cute. It could have stood to be a little more uh, exhaustive. Like I could have watched a full hour easily about this first. Oh, season, so they're just kind you know? of... A, yeah.
2: It's, it's almost more a, like a little YouTube. It's thing. almost
0: EPK ish. Yeah. You know, but not- it's still entertaining. Um, and then of. Two actual straightforward EPKs: "How to Kill a Deadite" and "Best of Ash." That are both under two like about two minutes long, and are like, "Okay, this was just marketing. There's <laughs> no reason to even have these on here." Like, no gag reel on a Bruce Campbell? Are you set? Yeah, you're no. like, "What the that fuck?" That is a
1: disappointment. Yeah, it is a big disappointment. Maybe the whole show is the gag reel.
0: Maybe so, <laughs> uh
1: but yeah, highest recommendation for Ash versus. If EPK. you are a fan, you will not be disappointed. Nope. No and one in, I've talked and to. Maybe
0: if you're never even seen one, I think you'd still go.
1: This is really it's good. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah. And wow, it sounds like pretty pretty bingeable, and, uh, and you can sit there, but they actually did okay with the extras, which I think they know they have to because the fans of this are pretty uh, you know, demanding. Yeah, agreed.
0: Um, and next thing we're talking about is The Walking Dead Season 6 on Blu-ray. Now, I am not Going to launch this off like I did the last season with a diatribe about how I don't understand you people who gave up on The Walking Dead and what the hell's wrong yeah. with you.
1: I'm not going to do can it. I, can I, I go off then? Can uh, I, <laughs>
0: I got in so much trouble last time. Really? Yeah, people were like, we feel like you're insulting us. And I'm like, I guess I kind of Wait, am, you were actually. insulting the, the people yeah. that
1: gave up, you, they yeah. felt as though they were insulted. Being insulted. And I well, kind of wasn't. How about them, but. we bridge that and say, it's unfortunate. We wish that you had joined us because yeah. season six was pretty good. And I, like I said, I, I felt bad because I. I did not want to
0: insult anybody, but I almost couldn't. I, I'm just. I think the show has been so good all the way through. I just am just. I am completely baffled. I am hornswoggled <laughs> that people don't still love and keep up with the show. It's uh, a
1: conundrum. I don't understand it either. I and I, season
0: I'm, six may be one of the best of the
1: seasons. Yeah, my twin brother gave up sometime around season three. He's one of those people that just was. Just, I, he's like, I lost my place, and I don't care. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna watch the rest. Oh,
0: jeez. Yeah, I don't get it. Um. Because there's so much good stuff that
1: has happened. Even the the last several seasons, I've always said this show has gotten better with every season. You know what I think? I think that I've begun to realize with television that some television works better when you watch it all at once. Yeah. And I feel like with with Walking Dead, watching it week to week, I can see that there are some episodes that are not that great. And you get enough of those and you start to think this isn't very good. Cause you know, you're like, that's the hour, you know, you wait all week and you get there and it's some, yeah. it's one of their lesser. And they have had no doubt some, some lame episodes.
0: Yeah, of course. But you know, I mean, I can't think of a show that's been on six seasons that doesn't have some notably bad episodes. I, mean, I don't care how much
1: you love the show. A, I was in an abusive relationship with Lost the uh, whole yeah. time. I mean, they – they re- And, you know, when I think of a show that wasted some time, that show because, had some terrible episodes.
0: And then you'll – The moment you're, like, upset – They'll bring an episode that's so incredibly well written and so well done. That I feel have that way about Walking right
1: Dead back. and especially this season, um man, they out of the gate, the first episode starts and there's a giant army of zombies and Yeah,
0: and uh, then the, was, the wolf uh the cult of people with the yeah, W's carved in their forehead, invading yeah. their full on
1: invading their town trying to murder everyone in it. It's pretty
0: it's it's pretty much three straight episodes of Carnage. It is
1: and it's <laughs> and it's really Genuinely exciting. Like, I mean, I don't think there's a show on TV that pulls off action like this show does. Yeah. It's just, it's really, it's really exciting. You never feel like, that looks cheap. Or- well,
0: those Greg Nicotero effects, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, like I, we were just talking about Ash vs. Evil Dead, which had great practical effects, but does in fact over rely a little bit too much on digital sometimes. I
1: feel that way as well. And it's not the, great digital,
0: but nothing appears digital. I've no, I don't remember ever seeing anything in The Walking Dead
1: where I was like, Oh, that was a digital effect. No, they, they do, do again. Do it, the effects but, are really impressive. Yeah.
0: And Nicotero, who is, like, you know, I mean, he's the pro- the chosen son of, <laughs> of, like, the previous generation of horror guys who worked all under them, worked his way up, and now he's, like,
1: one of the greatest practical effects al- guys alive. Well, this show doesn't skimp on any constantly. of that kind of stuff. No, people get their – I mean, when things go bad on uh – uh the show they go bad and they do not shy away from showing it very very graphically this is very very true uh, um
0: but yeah there's there's so much good stuff uh, like in this season it has barely any slow moments and no or slow episodes
1: I think there's one that most people didn't Super dig, uh, and I was, it's okay, it's not one of the better episodes, uh, they're big on the uh, flashback episode, where they yeah. jump back and fill in the gap of what had happened to a character in between the last time that yeah. you saw them. And
0: I always liked that character, and I found that interesting,
1: but it was a weird book stop in the middle
0: of an otherwise very fast pace Most
1: season. of the season is a freight train. Moving yeah. towards a confrontation, and, and eventually, you know, the character Negan,
0: who everybody has heard about. If you haven't, they read really about the
1: build to his arrival. And I have to say, there is a a raid on a compound that I thought was one of the most exciting pieces of television or cinema I've seen since Zero Dark Thirty. No, like just. Genuinely I didn't like Zero Dark Thirty, but, you know. Okay, well, but yeah, the attack on the house. <laughs> but it was house, great, yeah. You know, I, I just think they, they raid this compound. And um, also, I think the the show has always um, been a great exploration of sort of sort – of, uh, Morality versus pragmatic survival. Yeah. And I think that that conflict in the show of how, you know, do, are we good people or do we have to do something bad because we need to survive has always been the theme of the show. And they really play with that this season because the characters have to make decisions about how bad they need to survive and how how evil they have to be to do that. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. It's
0: kind of coming to that point where the characters are sort of starting to
1: ask themselves, are we the bad guys now? Right. And I think it used to be other people invaded them, but yeah. now they're the ones sort of invading other people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um Which is why when you get to the conclusion everybody was talking about with Negan, and you're like, one of these characters is going to die. And Okay, this is another thing that pissed me off. People getting frustrated and angry at the creators because they made a cliffhanger. It's like, have you ever actually watched a dramatic I, television show before? Yeah. Because that's pretty much par for the course. You get – cliffhangers are great. I love them. One of my favorite moments in the history of TV is the best well, of both worlds part one, the I, end of it on Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. It's I am Locutius aborg Borg, and record goes, fire. And that's the <laughs>
1: end for like four months. And we are all like, ah, but you love it. Well, um, I think that if they just sort of wrapped everything up, <laughs> even if they hadn't wrapped everything up, I mean – what is the difference between knowing who they kill right now and knowing at the end we're still in the middle of something much bigger than that one yeah, person dying? Exa- exactly. They're going to reveal it, and you're going to be like, eh. Yeah. So I, I was – but I did feel um, this season was pretty – I did feel they built to the, to the bad guy's arrival, and I think the show also does a really good job of giving its characters insurmountable odds, and then we have to watch them figure out how to get out of it. Yeah. The only other thing I didn't like was Carol's arc in this season. I thought it was kind of lame. Yeah, she just kind of like she after last season where she was she's so such much an amazing part. character, and they built her character, which was her arc is one of the best arcs of the show. That she was sort of this mousy abused woman, and she has grown into this fierce amazing don't, warrior don't ready to make the hard choice every yeah. time. And then all of a sudden in this season, she's kind of like, well, I, kind of, I don't really want to do it. I just I want to relax. Do yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> and I thought that was, that, that was one of the weaker Actually, aspects.
0: My, one of my biggest problems with the show all the way through happened in this season. Oh. Uh, and that was, uh, like from a producer point of view, the Glenn death fake out. I thought that was just cheap. They didn't. Pull it off. Yeah, it was not, it was not well convincing done. at all. I was like, "Okay, guys, that was a really cheap week to week cross like cliffhanger one to do and it was like it was such a it was just a ridiculous fake out that when they saw how oh, here's how he got out of it." I was like, "Yeah, I don't buy it." I don't, yeah, buy it. I don't see that how that's going to happen. been
1: pretty smart about how they get people out of yeah, things. That was not well executed It was at really all. silly and a and a goofy goofy fake. And
0: out. I thought that like him actually dying there would have had resonance. Right. And him not, I was just kind of left like, okay. Well, I think the show is great Glenn, about just but, whacking yeah.
1: people out of nowhere, that that's the world of the show, and yeah. people just get hurt. And uh, I think that fake out was, was, uh, yeah. It, it was, and, it was, even for me, and I'm a pretty big defender of the show, I thought, eh, uh, that was kind of silly. That yeah. was a waste of time. And, and the enough. other thing that was great was I was glad to see them get out of Alexandria. Yeah. Because I, uh, or not out of it, but we spent a little bit too much time, I believe, in the last season showing us that these people in Alexandria aren't ready. They don't know what's out there. Yeah. And finally, we've moved past that. They're ready. And so I felt like that that gets the momentum of the show going.
0: Yep. Uh, so the Blu-ray set, mm. one thing that everybody's excited about seeing this, that famous big Negan speech at the end of the end of it, apparently there's a R-rated version of it on the Blu-ray. Oh, where, for real? Where he full-on drops the F-bomb a bunch of times and everything. So it's a extended... <laughs> so if that's your thing... Yeah, extended even more uh, Negan speech. Uh, why don't you read off some of the rest of those on there, because um, I haven't got a chance to watch the extras on this wow. one. Wow. Uh,
1: it looks like they have the making... They have episode 616, The Last Day on Earth, they have an extended version of that episode, uh, the making of The Walking Dead, um, I guess it's just another uh, little yeah. documentary. And in Memoriam, I guess we uh, we look back on the people who got whacked.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they usually have that on every given, uh, given season, the, Right, the look at everyone and who's dead it looks dead like now. they
1: have some audio commentaries and deleted scenes. So if that's your thing, I don't know. I think that's... Uh, yeah, no, they, of... they usually put
0: together a pretty huge set for these things. And, and sure enough, this thing's packed. With featurettes and, you know, special looks at stuff and looks at the special effects. There's a thing called The Face of Death, Iconic Walkers, that looks at some of the more elaborate zombies they made this season and how they build them. So it's like, okay, if you love The Walking Dead, these guys never disappoint. And one of the best shot shows on
1: television, in my opinion. Indeed. And, uh, so probably worth watching just on your, uh, in in that kind of format, which is a lot nicer than the way it streams through cable or anything. Very true. Yeah. Um, and as I said, better to sort of watch walking dead all at once i think yeah i think it is a bingy show yeah. yeah i just think that you're you're you things that you don't like as much will hurt a lot less Agreed, because the show's just gonna move forward fast
0: well thank you rob hey my pleasure i appreciate you Thanks coming on digital me. noise and, and talking about these things that joe couldn't have didn't have the time to watch <laughs> bummer for joe fucking joe <laughs> joe I mean, like, literally, it was God came down and told me I had no choice but to get Sarah, of course, to be on this review for Supernatural season 11. Because, honestly, even though I know a lot of other people who watch it, let's face it, we all want to hear what Sarah had to say.
3: I always come when you call. (laughs) That is
0: totally not true. For the record.
3: Not that I'm saying
0: it would be good if you did. I'm just saying. Well, would
3: C-O-M-E. Get your mind out of the gutter. And that's a quote from the show. Thank you
0: very much. Uh, yeah, this is season 11. I can't believe the show's gone on for 11 seasons.
3: I can. Can because you? Because it's great.
0: It is great.
3: It's wonderful.
0: Um, I don't think we're 100% on the same side on this season, though. I think this is kind of the best season they've done since season 5.
3: I uh, don't disagree necessarily I don't think it's I don't know people give post season 5 bad rap I think season 6 was good uh season 8 I think was one of my favorites uh season 9 great season 10 good but yeah this season season
0: seven the season that shall not what? be mentioned
3: there's no number seven <laughs> this like it goes one two three four five six eight nine ten yeah, it's like
0: 13 in the supernatural universe yeah. seven we just skip it
3: they need to make an episode where they like undo everything from season seven
0: right they do like a, they get Grant Morrison in to write his own Batman RIP where it's like oh it turned out they were just on weapons grade crystal meth, and they hallucinated the whole season
3: I knew it
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, this will be a spoiler review. Uh, for you guys because I figure at this point like
3: John Winchester (laughs) dies
0: if you if you really care about what's happening in Supernatural you've already watched the season as it was going because you're fully hooked and if you don't care you're not gonna care anytime soon so no
3: I'm gonna make you care I'm gonna I'm gonna sit you down a clockwork orange style force your eyes open and make you watch Every single episode of Supernatural. I've
0: tried that with every single one of my friends who weren't watching it, and so far it's like they're like, well, "I love it." It's like one out of ten. Oh, okay. And two out of ten died screaming well, uh, horribly.
3: You know, they're rotting in hell, <laughs> and Crowley is tickling their feet.
0: <laughs> their feet, eh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, that doesn't seem very Crowley-ish to me. No, you
3: uh, don't know what he's going to do <laughs>
0: after. <laughs> uh, yeah, this season starts with basically, well, it starts with last season ended, where Dean got finally got the mark of Cain removed from his, his arm, only to find out by doing that there should have been warnings on the label.
3: He should have gone to a dermatologist yeah. and just, like, Just
0: gotten a cover-up tattoo. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> gotten, like, a whale or, or a phoenix or something. That would have been
0: pretty funny if they had tried that. It's like a little Tasmanian devil or something.
3: I wish there was, like, a gag reel where he's, like, trying to, like... Yeah, like a Tasmanian it's, it's
0: devil. A don't stop believing.
3: <laughs> but believing is very misspelled.
0: Yeah, not believing, believe in. no. Believing. No, no. I don't know. Have they ever referenced Justin Bieber on this show?
3: Yes, there was an episode... Oh, where
0: he actually played Agent Bieber, didn't he?
3: No, uh, there was an episode where uh, Sam, as Gadriel, went and killed an angel who was possessing the body of a, a pop star. It was supposed to be Justin Bieber-ish. Um. This was right after Jared Penalecki had his mini feud with Justin Bieber. I'm not a nerd. You're a nerd. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I could have sworn there was an episode where they both had like terrible pop star names. And one was Agent oh, Bieber. Oh, no,
3: it was Aguilera and Spears.
0: Oh, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. Still terrible pop which stars. Which one was which? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to bring you to the Geeks Who Drink Supernatural episode. Anyway, so yeah, it came off and this terrible darkness, the darkness... Not the band. I believe Not the video <laughs> oh, game. damn it. <laughs> you were just all set up.
3: Not the actual um, when you turn out the lights and it is dark and no. you are walking through the darkness.
0: No, like basically uh, a special appearance by the, the smoke monster from Lost. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who came in and Fairy. For, for yeah for a while, yeah. seemed like it was just going to be like you were saying, like some sort of like evil virus that was turning people into zombies.
3: Yeah, so people started uh, whoever was unfortunate enough to be in the darkness cloud, the smoke monster cloud, mm. um, started to get like weird black veiny things and went kind of rage aggro. Yeah. yeah, like they. Uh, I think it was in the first episode of the season where they go into a hospital, and there's a man whose wife died, but he's still got to take care of his baby, but he's got the virus. And then Sam has the virus. And then, like, three episodes later, they're like, what? It's
0: not actually a virus. It's actually uh, the sister of God, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mara, who at first is just a little baby. She's
3: just a wee little, A
0: little adorable baby.
3: Soul-sucking baby. And even
0: Dean's like, As all babies Oh, jo-jo-jo. <laughs> <laughs> he's like,
3: oh, he's like Jacob from, um... Uh, Twilight. Yeah. Oh, Dean's like,
0: I'm going to fuck this. Yeah, (laughs) I'm (laughs) going
3: to fuck this. And then we learn Dean's deep, dirty, deep, dark, dirty secret. Well, yeah,
0: because he had the mark on his arm, he's apparently intimately connected to the sister who was, I guess, in some way inside the mark.
3: Although, it's more than that. Okay. Because, I mean,. Her being siblings with God. Yeah. We could say this is a parallel to the Winchesters. Of course. Siblings. There's the, you know, kind of dangerous one who always, you know, gets himself in trouble. And then the more practical one who just wants to be left alone. (laughs) And that's, you know, God Sort of,
0: yeah. I mean, I I think it was there. I don't think it was terribly well explored.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with supernatural even with the um episodic or especially with the episodic episodes is that they always draw a parallel between the Winchester's life in some way mm-hmm. and and 90% of the time it's the relationship between Sam and Dean. So like for example uh we see an episode where uh some people are uh there're two guys who are hunting werewolves. Um I believe the name of that episode was... Red Red Meat. Meat.
0: (laughs) That pause had nothing to do with scrolling.
3: I believe that... (laughs) um, So we have a uh, younger brother whose older brother was killed by werewolves, and he's seeking revenge. And it's very obvious that it's like, okay, we're supposed to, you know, relate to Sam and Dean feeling like, oh my god, if this had happened... When we were kids, where one of us had died, yeah, this is the path we'd be on, yes, yeah. seeking revenge,
0: true, forever. which in some ways that's pretty much the path that they're on,
3: but it's for mom, yeah but, I mean like it was revenge,
0: Cheryl. and then it was like and then it was more revenge, and then there was some extra revenge, and then after a while, it was just kind of like. You've been doing this long enough. Like, nobody – I mean, you can't put this on your resume that you've been like you – <laughs> Revenge
3: know. seeker. Yeah.
0: Like, I've been doing this for 15 years. Like, when was the last time you held a job? You're like, um <laughs> – You're pretty much – you're a revenge seeker at that point. Yeah, That's like, what you Yeah, like, what do. did
3: Sam put on his college resume for, like – For know, high school? For, like, anything. Yeah.
0: He must have been going to, like, ACC or something.
3: No – <laughs> oh, <dis.
0: laughs> well, you know, any given community college where there's like, no, he's, no, you don't. Your grades weren't good enough to get. He went in. to Stanford. Did he?
3: Yeah, he's going remember. to law school. Well, that
0: makes no sense.
3: But remember, he was a shitty lawyer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but well, in, you mean
0: in the parallel universe where he became a lawyer?
3: No, he uh, he. There was an episode like season seven where he's uh, defending Dean to a gin, mm-hmm. and he just sucks at it.
0: Well, once again. That
3: Same whole season that. was
0: just weapons-grade crystal <laughs> meth. No,
3: that was a good episode. though. So. <laughs> anyway, this uh, season,
0: yeah, um, yeah, it is a little creepy at first with Deed like having this thing with this Amara who, when she's a little girl because you're like, it's clearly supposed to have a- a- erotic overtones, and you're like. Can we please have her grow up a lot faster? Hurry
3: up and grow up, yeah. and then at least I'm so glad she grew. She grew up into an age-appropriate lady. Yeah, she
0: grew. She went from teenager to milf in a yeah.
3: second. <laughs> that dress, though.
0: <laughs> uh, and she's back, and she's pissed at God. She's like, hey, "You God guys better help me find God, or I'm going to kill everybody on the planet." And I'm probably going to kill everyone on the planet anyway. But you know, still, yeah. it's time for me. I'm going to God put me in this thing for no reason. And he's a dick So the season, the first half of it Is kind of the search for God You yeah. know uh, Which was appropriate since Preacher's kind of going on At the same time say. and you're like Yeah, that's kind of what that's about too It's definitely borrowing a little bit from Preacher mm-hmm. But then of course when God is finally found To confirm the most widely held Fan theory of who God actually was yeah. Which is Chuck, the, the original scribe mm-hmm. That wrote all the supernatural books yeah. You know, um, you're like yeah Of course he was God
3: I'm a little disappointed that that happened.
0: I thought it was too easy of an answer. Yeah. But that being said, I like that actor and I think he was yes. really funny in the role. And they, oh, yeah. You know, at points it's a little frustrating because you're like, either he's omnipotent or he's not. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> well... like, how can you be such a doofus and be omnipotent?
3: He's not really. So, what I like about this whole series is they make God just another entity, just another mm. creature in this grand universe there is no you know all powerful being so god for example uh is not more powerful than death some might argue that death is more powerful Uh, god and the darkness are of equal power so there could be other things that are more powerful or as powerful as God.
0: However, neither Lucifer, who is indeed freed from his cage and eventually oh my God, yeah. put in the body of a character, we rather would have left as their own oh. character.
3: Well, at um, least we got like two episodes with Mark Pellegrino.
0: Yeah. No, and I love Mark Pellegrino. Yeah. And he's great as Lucifer, but oh I, I just a little disappointed you put him in the body of Cass, yeah. who is so great as Cass, and we mm-hmm. love as Cass. So basically, even though you get the actor, you don't get Cass for a whole season.
4: Yeah, You're like, oh,
0: I mean, he does a good job playing the role of Lucifer, but I'm still like, why wouldn't you have just paid Mark Pellegrino what he was asking for and kept him the Lucifer? Know. I know! I don't really... Because that seems like the only reason that happened at all. It was like mm. the, this weird little twist they had to do, like, oh, I can't leave the cage in this body. Why? Because our budget won't allow for it. Well,
3: no, because that vessel was weaker. But, like... <laughs> or Castiel's, our budget
0: won't allow for Castiel's it. Castiel's
3: <laughs> vessel was appropriate for Castiel, who is... Much less powerful than Lucifer. So I don't understand how Castiel's vessel stayed together. I
0: don't understand that either. But it, it, either way, the whole thing is a red herring because neither one of them are any help whatsoever in stopping <laughs> Amara despite the best laid plans. Uh, ultimately, you know, whereas I generally speaking, I like the actress playing Amara. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, um, uh, the, the tension that's going on. This is one of the, more interesting apocalypses because God, it's all, let's convince God to stop being a douche. Like, <laughs> it's what I those say find Come him. out. Of
3: here. Come uh, which
0: uh, allow for some pretty funny episodes. The actual answer was just like, I've suddenly decided that I feel bad. is such a mm-hmm. cop out, writing cop out, you yeah. know, for Amar. I've decided that I have, I, maybe I was a little too harsh. Uh, like, I just kind of rolled my eyes and go, mm-hmm. that was a total cop out of her. Uh,
3: I'm, of her. I'm glad, though, that they, instead of, went for the Destroy the Big Bad finale, Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of what this show has evolved into is kind of an anti-violence, anti-aggression message. Yeah. At least that's how I read it. So the whole, like, Mark of Cain thing was, like, toxic masculinity in a very sexy body. Like... i are having difficulty.
0: I'm with having that song. difficulty,
3: but it's like like every bad, aggressive aspect of Dean was in you know this mark of Cain thing. So like in this season, they're again saying violence is not the answer, revenge is not the answer. Right? Amara is seeking revenge against God but she wants to destroy his toys there, there does
0: seem to be an anti-revenge theme mm-hmm. throughout the season yeah uh, dealing with that specifically although once again like most supernatural themes the show is more interested in just having a good time than it is about beating you yeah. the head with a message or anything oh yeah <laughs> but and it's there yeah yeah um uh, I will say that Metatron's appearance in here is about as good as Metatron has ever been. Oh yeah, I, I like the, I mean that actor anyway, who's great, Curtis Armstrong. Yeah, I, he's so you, he's just you just want to hug him.
3: I know, yeah. even though he probably smells like cheese. He probably smells like yeah, but that's not
0: bad. <laughs> He'd be like cheese,
3: mm, mm, Metatron cheese. <laughs>
0: uh, um, yeah, his his arc in here where he's powerless now and just kind of pathetic. He really does a great job with it as an actor, pulling mm-hmm. it off, and it's there's some really well-written episodes.
3: Dumpster diving?
0: Yeah. A little sad, though, that you're just like, okay, bye, Metatron, but, but that's supernatural for you.
3: Well, I do like that he was the one who kind of brought God out of hiding. I mean, God mm-hmm. did not come to him and say, you know, I got my last script that we got to write, and Metatron... Returned to what he probably was before we met him in season eight, where he's the, you know, God's confidant. Yeah. He's the bouncing board for, for God <laughs> and his the ball that he throws.
0: Yeah, repeatedly. Ideas, uh, repeatedly. <laughs> um, and... They have such great chemistry together. Oh Those my God, episodes, yeah. the two of them are God and Metatron are together, mm-hmm. are so funny to watch. Mm-hmm. As God is still just oblivious, and Metatron, for once, being the guy trying to talk reason into someone else,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: which is quite funny considering his actions in the past. A lot of like what we're seeing with his character is sort of like he's really come to terms with the fact that he is a pathetic schlump and that Mm -hmm. he fucked up in a huge way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now he's watching God fuck up in a huge way. And is...
3: I learned it from you, Dad! And it's kind (laughs) of like,
0: maybe the only thing I can do to redeem myself is to, you know, no matter what it takes, stop Mm -hmm. God from being on this path. Yeah. Which doesn't completely succeed either. But God is kind of a schlub.
3: He is... um, there were some things that I didn't really like in the, the characterization here, um, and one of the reasons why I don't like that Chuck turned out to be God was because he became kind of a different character mm-hmm. from what when we uh, saw him in season five, um, and when he disappeared in say, season five. Yeah. and he's kind of got that sad, like where I think there's a point where Dean's like, "Why don't you just you know make Amara go away?" And he's like. Can't, <laughs> And they're like, why? And he's like, I just can't. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> and it's like, that...
0: You of anyone should know yeah. that they would understand.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's like, he's he doing that, like, oh, you sad, puny humans kind of yeah. thing. I, I don't know. I'm... I'm fan-ficking in my head where Chuck is not
0: God. uh, I I liked the idea always that they were going to finally meet God, and God chose to have the form of their dad with, like, a three-episode arc or something like that. That would be a bit on
3: the nose. Yeah,
0: exactly. Where it was, like, okay, super on the nose and super awkward for them. They're like, Dad, the icon that they still both have kind of mixed feelings about Mm – You know, is there the guy that got to stop doing stuff? I was like, that would have been wonderful. Doesn't matter, pointless, because it didn't happen.
3: And they're Um, like, Dad, why do you have a baseball bat?
0: (laughs) Although we have like 15 more seasons left, so anything's possible. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I hope they all survive. (laughs) I mean, the actors. There were actually uh,
0: a number of good standalones, I thought, this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of which we were talking about earlier. You talked about the the werewolf one, Mm -hmm. which was uh, actually not great, but it was a neat idea. That started out well, uh, mm-hmm. but didn't completely sell. I really liked uh, Safe House, which yeah. is this house that has, like, a soul eater that takes the souls out of their body to this place that's sort of like like the Stranger Things world inside of the house. Oh,
3: shit. Stranger Things um, stole from Supernatural.
0: Oh, my God. Or Those, it was just somebody yes. from Supernatural was like,
3: hey, what are you writing over there? <laughs>
0: Oh, just this script called Stranger Things?
3: Oh, you mean like how... What's it about? (laughs) Like how the, uh, like, Supernatural had a Walking Dead episode? Mm -hmm. Like, the year Walking Dead premiered?
0: Or, Supernatural, what was it? They did the, um... God, what they did last season, they did a, uh... It Follows episode. Oh my god, yeah, they did! Yeah, sexually transmitted ghost...
3: They just have, like, a million monkeys writing in a giant warehouse at, like, a million typewriters and hoping that it'll poop out something.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I think that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Please let
3: me be a supernatural writer. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, me too. And then Just My Imagination, which was one of the cute episodes where they find out that imaginary friends are indeed, like, mythological creatures as well, which they're like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And they're adorable. They're not vicious. No, We're sweet and wonderful. Yeah. And, well, and,
3: mine was vicious.
0: Yeah, that surprises me not even a little. Yeah,
3: mine was named Gacy. Gacy? <laughs> <No>. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: my imaginary. <laughs> Are you sure he was imaginary?
3: Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what the police psychologist said afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, really cute with a with a imaginary uh, character they're helping called Sully, who's mm-hmm. just adorable as uh, And then of course there's a uh, uh, the the plush, which is uh, what is that that's the one with uh, we see
3: the return of Sheriff Donna yeah. and uh, Sheriff Jody. Yes, and um, who well, I like. Yeah, wait, Jody wasn't in. Although this movie, you're never like. Mind.
0: You're a side character on Supernatural. You're going to die up there.
3: (laughs) jody has been around since season...
0: All the more reason why her death will be coming soon.
3: No. No. So they had a fake-out kill with Rowena. They did. And she did not die. I was very happy with that.
0: Actually surprised that Rowena did not die because it really felt like you could feel the ticker going on her run on that show.
3: Yeah, but I love her.
0: I, I'm not crazy about her except for when she's with uh, uh, Crowley. Mm-hmm. And then I love oh, their yeah. chemistry. But the rest of the time, I, she just kind of irritates me.
3: Yeah.
0: Nah, what she's do you
3: the do? Uh, longest running female character uh
0: on that show. Is she really?
3: Yep. She beat out Ruby.
0: Wow. I miss and that's Ruby. <laughs> <is>. <laughs>
3: I don't. I see her at Whole Foods all the time. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Stop it. Uh,
0: and then baby, which is one probably oh, yeah. probably the highlight of the single episode ones, which was like a supernatural episode from the viewpoint of the car, basically, mm-hmm. which is an interesting take.
3: Yes, and let's uh, let us remind ourselves that it is canon that when Dean washes the car, he wears shorts.
0: <laughs> that one time, it was warm. Well, you don't want to get your jeans wet. Dean wear short shorts. Yeah. Dean wears short shorts. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I thought overall this was actually a pretty good season. Yeah. Um, I'm not one of those people who's exa- exhausted with the show and like, oh, that's enough. I know mm-hmm. a lot of even big fans are like, seriously, I've just done. I'm not. I no. love these characters. It's like, keep it going. You know, I mean, if you honestly if you have one more season as bad as seven, I'd be like, okay, maybe it's time to put the brakes on this they, they learned
3: their lesson.
0: I like to think that they yeah. did. But one's curious as to where this is going. Next season, first off, introducing the uh, Men of Letters chapter in London who show up pissed because they acted irresponsibly with something which makes you go, well, where were you all the times we could have used some assistance, They were, dick, they were in bags. California. But... That doesn't help.
3: They were helping. Was
0: there some other apocalypse going on? Yes, you know,
3: see, the hell No,
0: the, the writers were in California watching Buffy going. Let's rip off the watchers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and put them in Supernatural.
3: Stuffy English people.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's such a knockoff. It's ridiculous. Uh, even that story line of like coming in, like, oh, you've behaved irresponsibly, and now you have to be under trial, is from an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nah. Yeah, I know. Uh, but then, of course, the big reveal at the end that makes which I'm still like, wait, why? That like their mom is back, and you're like, yeah, why is their mom back? That was a point. Uh, I was like, seriously. <laughs>
3: I I think what they're gonna do, and I really hope they don't do it, but they tend to do this. They're gonna have her, you know, back, but it's not really her.
0: Well, yeah, no, I mean, I'm certain yeah. it's not really her. She's gonna pretend to be her for a while, but then it'll turn out to be. There's another brother or sister or something of God who's pissed. Oh, I thought you were going say, like, it's a brother cousin. or sister of
3: theirs. It's no, like, no. It's like bring third, back Adam!
0: God's third cousin. Yeah, what is that fucking Adam who's in hell for no reason and has been suffering in hell? And they're like,
3: eh. You know why? Because he's a bastard.
0: <laughs> yeah. <Literally. it's> exactly. But <laughs> you're like, I still every once in a while, I'm like... Man, you guys, you'll drop, move heaven and earth to save each other. But you have this guy's in hell, and you didn't even send in a query. Like, you oh. hang out with Crowley all the time. You can't be like, dude, could you please, like, do something? But he's in the
3: cage. They mm-hmm. mentioned that, um, for, so Sam was in the cage for six months. I don't know. and do
0: Which seemed like years. Which,
3: well, uh, no, wait, sorry. Dean was in hell for six months, and it felt like 40 years. Mm hmm. Sam was in there for a year.
0: I don't know. A year. You're the expert. 80,
3: mi- 80 minutes, 80 years. <laughs> 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 you just but randomly grabbed no, I think it,
0: periods of time.
3: Like he was in. 20 so X. <laughs> time moves more slowly in hell and it's more torturous than normal time, which is very torturous. Of course. Anyway. Yeah. Um, as we all know. So Adam fell in there in 2005 2010, mm-hmm. it's 2016 now. He would
0: be batshit insane.
3: Yeah. So they said thing. like Matt, Matthew.
0: So what, Michael. If, what if Adam is in her body and the mom's body and is coming back specifically to tear their lives apart for being really the worst brothers ever. He's a human. His soul is in hell. But. But maybe now it's not. How, but why would he Supernatural <laughs> I, I write now I give me two minutes and I could write out a thing that's supernatural logic of how that can happen
3: this uh this proves my theory that anybody could be a supernatural
0: writer <laughs> <laughs> you like, what you do is first you set what you want to happen and then you go back and you figure out how to make it happen which doesn't take much time because quite frankly no one is really dead no one stays alive for long either and anything is possible even if you've shown a monster before and what its limitations are, you can go, oh, that was... We looked it up. That's the fake version of that monster. They're like fool's gold. They're yeah. not really a vampire. Now the real vampires are <laughs> coming. And they're bad.
3: <laughs> but maybe they're good.
0: I, I don't know. You just... You, they. I, I enjoy it because the whole thing is so much of watching this cast and crew have so much fun making the show. Yeah. And it is fun to watch. Um, but you can't get... You know, you can't get all serious about the
3: mythology. I see this show as the... The opposite of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. in that like you can get attached to characters yes. because even if they do die, they will come back. They'll so you forgot to back. mention the uh, the the Stranger Things episode. Yeah. Bobby and Rufus come back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bobby comes back once a season, Yeah, at least. Yeah,
0: the, Bobby's never truly gone. Yeah. They're always another. He's like, are you going to dig me up again? Literally?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Mom died in the first episode. And she, now
0: she's back.
3: She was back in the first season. She was back in season six. And now she's back, back.
0: I really think the on- the only character I really really want them to bring back, but not just for an episode, be like, no, she was back, and what you saw isn't what really happened, and we were wrong as Felicia Day, because I think nobody likes what they did to her her um, character there. I mean, I wasn't offended by it, but I was yeah. like, it was just bad writing.
3: Do you know what my theory is? What's that? Um, her and Rowena were working together, and in order There's for redheads, I swear to God, I go. know they're all witches. <laughs> um, they. Like, Rowena casts some spell to make it seem like Charlie died, but Charlie is off on some secret mi- mission, maybe working with the uh, Men of Letters London chapter, you know, doing something. She's doing something. She's important. She needs to come back. So they'll
0: do a thing where there's a flashback where instead of her showing up and killing her, she's like, wait! And then they have a conversation. You no, know, because and- the
3: mercenaries kill, quote-unquote killed Charlie.
0: Right, right. That's right.
3: But I think Rowena... Like Rowena and Charlie were like, okay, I, uh, Charlie's probably gonna get killed. Let's cast a spell so that uh, it's gonna look like you died, but you're not really gonna die. I'll take it. I'll Anybody it. could be a writer for Supernatural. <laughs> I have seen commercials on TV where you could get a, a Supernatural writer's degree. Yeah, it's like ITT tech. Ads. <laughs> yeah, there's like some guy in like a white checkered, white and checkered shirt who's like. I was at a dead-end job, and now I'm writing for C.W.'s hits, TV show, Supernatural.
0: Or any given C.W. show. Yeah. I went to write for the C.W. I could write for Arrow. Well, wait a minute. Why would the character do that? (laughs) you're kidding right just write the fucking thing we
3: learned this in our second week of class (laughs) all
0: right so this blu-ray set of course comes with special features one called jensen ackles on directing the bad seed Mm
3: -hmm. apparently
0: ackles stepped up and directed an episode i
3: didn't know he was allowed to talk outside of the show
0: (laughs) (laughs) on set with supernatural the real fan contest Huh. Okay.
3: Oh, was it that little short that Misha Collins made? Yeah,
0: I think so. Oh, that was funny. Uh, The Winchester Mythology, Shedding Light on the Darkness, which is just an EPK about.
3: Light on the Darkness, I get it. See
0: what happened. Digital Magic, Enhancing the Sets with VFX. Yawn. And then the 2015 Comic-Con panel which is on every CW box yeah. set. And um, then of course there's audio a few audio commentaries, the deleted scenes, the always wonderful gag reel,
3: which I haven't seen yet. Well,
0: we can watch it, it right now if you want to. I do. Just once I've turned the mic off.
3: No. We need to just <laughs> keep the mic on and like everybody at home can't hear what we're watching and it's just me going. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh,
3: no.
0: <God>. Um <laughs> Jerry. No, I can't. <laughs> This next round of Digital Noise, we are talking about the first season of the television series Lucifer on Fox, which is based, albeit rather loosely, (laughs) uh, on the uh, Mike, uh, was it Mike Carey? Yeah, Mike Carey series uh, that was part of DC Comics' Vertigo imprint that was a spinoff of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman version of Lucifer. And this is indeed Lucifer Morningstar. And uh, joining me for this discussion is JC and Elliot. Hey, it's
4: the ITL crew. (laughs) What's up?
0: I tell Until except me, who's mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're gonna. We've what had is you on an
4: episode before? I think we, yeah. I was there. Y'all did a movie related one. Yeah, and called me
0: in four. I was like, okay, I'll pinch it. <laughs> ah, see, I know that term. <laughs> I still not sure what it means so, though. My DH. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I think the immediate reaction from some people who are big fans of the the at least the Sandman, if not the Lucifer book, was that wow, this is nothing like that comic book at, at all. I mean, albeit it kind of like the
6: character. But not really like the comic book. Mm-hmm. That's the consensus I got. And I mean, in some ways, I could see how that's disappointing to fans of the comic. But at the same time, it's like, well, that just makes me not want to read the comic because I kind of like the show. So, yeah.
0: Yes. yeah, I'll be honest. Like, As
6: much as I love The Sandman, and I really do, it's one of the best comics i ever written. I was never the
0: world's biggest fan of Loose Fur. I was like, this is okay. But it, I'm just I'm just not really connecting with it. Yeah, I think the selling point here Ultimately, despite the fact that this is a very, I mean, it's a very 90s type TV show. It's yeah. like, let's find a Remington Steel expo- like situation with it's a, a woman, by the book. woman by the book person yeah. and a wild guy who happens to be really, really good at helping her do what she does. And, and let's yeah, do a you know.
4: procedural, you know, story of the week, but it feeds into an overall arc. Yeah. It's basically a comic book version of NCIS. Well, but done a lot better than it has any right to be. Fair enough. and As the think, lead actor.
0: Yeah, because of Tom Ellis, who plays Lucifer Morningstar in here. He's just great. Like five minutes in, you're like, yeah, I'm going to keep watching this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're like, he's so charming and funny and likable.
4: Like, I might fuck him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, if he wanted you to, you would. It's like uh, I saw Sasha's Party, which to me was a little disappointing. But there was that that, uh, that one character who kept on going. that d- Those drugs were good. Like fuck a guy, good. <laughs> what is Seth trying to say? <laughs> Sorry, Adam.
0: No, he's yeah. he's saying all things being equal, he would like to fuck a guy.
4: Yeah, <laughs> and
0: he probably has by now if he really wants to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this guy, Tom Ellis, actually was known for being on. Uh, he was on the Catherine Tate show. Okay. Yeah, which is that, you know, she was on Dr. Yeah, yeah, Pitt. yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was on EastEnders, which is the big BBC One soap opera, uh, and a couple other things, but yeah, I think this is the thing he's going to be known for. Um, even if this show does indeed put its dick into the dirt in the second season, mm-hmm. which is possible, because there's not a. You're like, this is an interesting premise, but how many seasons can it go on before it's just
4: kind of like. Let's so okay, supernatural. It's just
0: another procedural. Yeah, I man! But Supernatural always found new crazy places to take the plot. I just say
4: it's going to be twenty forty, and Supernatural
6: is still going to be coming on. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the end of time. It'll be The Simpsons and Supernatural. All yeah, yeah, right, just,
0: <laughs> like, just
6: cranking them out.
0: <laughs> well, the setup that they started, they got with this one is like, okay, so he's in L.A. because he's decided he's he's taking a vacation from from hell, and he's a, he's been accompanied by uh, Maze, who yeah. is a, a very hot demon, very uh, hot played demon, played by Leslie Ann Brant, who is you know a devoted ally. Uh, but basically runs his bar mm-hmm. He owns a big hot L.A. night spot uh, And she's constantly like When can we go back to hell? The humans are boring Can we yeah. go back to hell now? <laughs> the problem is is that She's, uh, his, she's his conscience <laughs> Basically uh, somebody he genuinely likes mm-hmm. uh, Gets murdered And he's kind of pissed off about it And he uh, meets this police detective a t- attractive police detective Chloe, played by Lauren German Who doesn't like him and doesn't fall for any of his Lucifer magic, which is basically that everyone instantly likes him and he can make them tell the truth no matter what. Yeah, yeah it,
4: it, this show actually, and this is going to be a weird reference to pull out of nowhere, this show reminded me a lot of uh, Michael, the John Travolta movie where huh. he plays the the <laughs> I haven't Archangel. seen it in so long, I couldn't even reference that. Well, Annie McDowell is like, he doesn't fall for her stuff, for his stuff. And he says, well, I put a block on you, but it's sort of sort of in the movie, like, no, no, no. Because, like, apparently my, John Travolta's character and Michael is the archangel. He can, like, put a thing on women Spoilers that just wants Yeah, yeah. for him. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if <you> have a, <laughs> he does the same thing. Yeah.
0: Are you sort of, saying
6: this
4: of, is in the universe of Michael? Is that what you're saying? That would be so fucking good.
0: It's a well,
6: shared it, universe. It kind of makes sense in the idea of if the whole idea of being, like, like, Lucifer is just another angel. He's just a banished angel. So yeah. it yeah. makes sense that he would have the same powers. All I'm yeah. saying is whoever wrote, whoever was,
4: like, the writer's room. They probably pulled from a lot of different sources. Of course. So they're yeah. like, hmm, I'm going to take from this. He's going to be a little evil, but very charming. Basically, they were trying to hit this like really sort of wide target. It's like, we want the middle class housewives of America yeah. to want to fuck this guy. Well, yeah.
0: he, Philosophically, he's very much Gaiman's Lucifer, mm-hmm. where he's like, I never tried to get a soul ever. I never had any. What the fuck do I want souls for? My job, I was put down here much to my chagrin, to punish the people who've decided they
4: deserve to be here. I'm not even supposed to be here today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, like, he has no interest in evil in and of itself, or in anything, he's just interested in a big middle finger to God, who yeah. he's still pissed at put him down there in the first yeah. place. It's, it's, it's
6: an interesting premise because, and I don't even, if it was more interesting to me, because I think a couple of months before this, uh, for promos for the, the movie The Witch, they had like a, uh, a sermon from the church of Satan that we all went into. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't know much about the church of Satan. It's, it's really just kind of a lot of the premise of Lucifer, the show, like they're not into evil. They're not into sacrificing animals. They're just like into having fun. It's, and it's kind of doing what he, he wants. It's and, hedonism. And yeah. Yeah. And there's even, there's even a cool episode about it where, where Lucifer is confronted with that. And people who were like, that type of of satanist and he's like fuck are you guys doing yeah this is not what i stand for yeah that is great where he's like why are you sacrificing things
4: and what's with (laughs)
0: the hoods and shit No, it's
4: embarrassing that actually reminds me like i went to catholic school when i was little because in new orleans you have to go to a private school because the public schools are so bad and i remember i got in a lot of trouble in religious classes because i would always be like wait wait," and i'd be like because like i was a little smart ass i was like wait a second let me think always a lawyer yeah let me get this (laughs) straight he is god's enemy So he's gonna set up a competing shop that is horrible? (laughs) If I'm his, if I'm his competitor, I'm gonna try to beat him. Like, that's like saying, you're McDonald's so I'm gonna set up a shop selling shit sandwiches I was my favorite (laughs) interpretation of that whole
0: relationship was in Piers Anthony's Incarnation's Immortality series (laughs) where it's like you go through the whole series thinking that Lucifer is the bad guy the whole time trying to get souls and then you just find out he went to heaven to talk to God and found out God is obsessed with himself and heaven is the most boring place (laughs) imaginable and everyone there is like please take us to hell we're dying and and so he's trying to steal good souls so they can be properly rewarded in his own disneyland he's built in hell
6: that's, that's kind of my worry but at the same time if, i mean i live in texas so i might yeah. as well go to hell yeah sure <laughs> well, it I mean, kind of feels it, the same yeah, you know. is, it, is
0: it august <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if trump gets elected it'll be identical so.
4: oh my god yeah <laughs>
0: um, there's actually but, uh, just for the record there's a uh the uh, gag reel that comes on this DVD set—that one of the last gags in it—is like towards the end of the show. This thing like, oh, they broke out of hell, you know? Like, the, the, mm-hmm. Lucifer goes back to hell and sees there's a cell that was all protected now it's broken open, and he's telling his angelic brother, uh, uh, played by the great DB Woodside. Um, uh, yeah, it's like uh, they're out of out of jail. He's like, who? And they don't tell you in the in the show. And he goes, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and DB Woodside just goes, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
4: Oh fuck! I'll have to check that out. <laughs> I like uh, the idea of him breaking out of a wall and <laughs> illegally immigrating. I like that a lot.
0: Uh, yeah, DB Woodside is a um, Mandiel um, who is his brother who has been sent down by God to say, "You need to get back to work." And is like, "Yeah, make me. What are you gonna do?"
6: They're they're back and forth. Pretty much every scene just, like, just works. Like, yeah, it's, it's, they're both great. It's the main thing
0: is the chemistry across the board is really good here. Even between, like, the hardest sell at first is between Lucifer and the police detective. Because she's just so, like, get the fuck out of my face. But after all she starts seeing, I don't know how this guy does what he does, but it's true. For some reason, whenever I need a suspect to talk, they talk when he's
4: there. You know, right off the
0: bat. (laughs) Which is sort of Uh, accurate to detectives. They do it worse. But you know the greatest moment between the two of them is like about halfway through the season where he's tired of her saying, Look, I'm you know, he's like, I'm he's telling everyone, No, I am the devil. And he tries to prove the devil. He's like, Seriously, I can't be hurt. Go ahead, shoot me with the gun. Shoot me with your gun. And finally she's so frustrated she does. And he actually starts bleeding and is seriously injured. And <laughs> he's like, like, what the f- fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Which is when it becomes one of the central mysteries of the show. It's like, why is she so completely unaffected by him? Even to the point that there's an aura around here where he's mortal when he's around her. And it, it's a really cool <laughs>
6: conflict for both of them because they're both having a crisis of faith, which is funny. Yeah. Um, but Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it well, is much more interesting than a procedural show like this has any right to be. Quite yeah, frankly, <laughs> it goes
4: to the it goes to the bigger point of what they you know what good science fiction or good fantasy does is it uses those like fantastic trappings to tell a story about the human condition, and this uses you know this is the devil, it's his sidekick, it's his brother, uh, it uses all those like characters to tell a story about being human. So he's only vulnerable in, some, in front of somebody that he's emotionally vulnerable in front of. You know, yeah. Aminadel, he, in trying to get his brother to go back to hell and having to take over from him, himself is getting corrupted. You know, then you have the relationship between the sidekick and the devil, Maze and the devil. And it's like, at what point is her trying to be evil and stay true to herself, betraying the person she's supposed to be uh, loyal to when he's not being loyal to who he used to be? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff, like, under the surface that if you think about it even a little bit, you can, you can get deeper. Like, so... This show is really great because it can be a surface level show. It can be a show that you just watch on a Saturday straight, on Hulu. Straight crime solver type yeah, of show. Yeah, and just digest it and just put it away like cotton candy. Or it can be a show you can think for, I don't want to think too deep, but like maybe 10 minutes you can just sort of think, okay, well... Why is this and this and this and what does this mean that they're trying to tell me? And it still holds up a little bit.
0: I mean, it's one of those shows like Terriers is a good example. Yeah. Where it's like every week there is a new crime that is usually more or less self-contained within the episode, but a good 10 minutes of said episode is dealing with the bigger stuff that's going on and these human relationships and issues around it. And often, whatever the crime is in some way mirrors whatever the problem is going on with these characters. Exactly. Point, which is an old yeah. television technique to be sure, but I think on both shows it works pretty well. Yeah. This this is, you know, I think pretty solid ensemble TV. Uh, the one part that I thought really doesn't work is with the
6: ex-husband of the cop, yeah. uh, played by Kevin Rankin. He's just and, not a good actor. That's the yeah, that's the issue. I, I like that. I like that storyline and that, like Lauren or the Lauren German being a, a single mother. And even the relationship that Lucifer has with his daughter is really cute and and funny yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I think he's just not a good actor. I think well, I, I think that part's written. They just well. don't
0: have much for him to do. Yeah, yeah and
6: if
4: oh go ahead. no, go ahead. So no, it just feels like he doesn't know the exact type of show he's supposed to be in. Yeah, like it feels like he's on a regular cop show, and like nobody. It feels like the director never gave him a note. No, no, no. He's the devil. You may not know, but he's the devil. Play it like that. Yeah. And so he's. I feel like I'm watching like NYPD Blue when I watch him. It's like you do. You could just be in a. You could be an inside yes, and you wouldn't be acting any different. Yeah. Like you need to be. You need to dial it up a little bit. You yeah. Need to start reaching a little bit. I don't think anybody forced. I think the next season he's going to be a lot better because he will have had the benefit of watching that entire season and being like, "Shit, I don't fit in at all." Yeah. And, it,
6: and it feels like with with all the twists and turns, like maybe they kept his his character in the dark, him in the dark, to, I guess, sort of. To every of, man. So yeah, to sort of be that person that doesn't really know what's going on, and in real life they sort of kept that from. Like I don't know if TV shows do that or not, but it seems, it seems that way. When one per, when one piece is so, just not gelling. I, that's yeah. got to be one of the reasons why.
4: Now we have said a lot of great things about this show, but just not the front. As a guy, one of the things about this show that I noticed. There's a lot of pretty women on this show. Oh yeah,
0: because like, he's <laughs> he's got like a, one of the hottest night spots in L.A. Yeah. that are constantly filled with really hot chicks. Yeah, uh, and he himself, I mean, like he's the devil. He loves going out and having sex with really hot chicks. So at any given time, I mean, that's the thing. As much as he's hitting on this police detective, he's also at the same time unapologetically a yeah, like, oh, huge hedonist. And he's like, Oh yeah, I just had sex with those three girls, and they're going home the now. So, yeah, as but, he but, should but, have. Yeah, but he's like, but you're hot, and I really like you too. So yeah. let's have sex. And it's, it's like it's fascinating how like. He knows she doesn't get it. He doesn't care. He's just used to being so charming that everybody falls sway. So what he's doing, including the fucking therapist, yeah. played by Rachel <laughs> Harris, who's like, makes a deal with him for sexual
6: favors in exchange for free therapy, which is... She's oh, she's one of my favorite, like, she doesn't come out very much, and she yeah. never plays a big part, but every time I see her on screen, it's kind of light up a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great in it, mm-hmm. and those scenes are always very telling, and they're those moments where Lucifer is starting to realize that as much as this woman's having an effect on him in a kind of a really scary way like he can be injured he's like what do i use his magic on her he's also starting to have human feelings about stuff and even be empathic about things and it's kind of freaking him out he's having to learn how to be human uh so it's definitely the the show also deals with the fish out of water aspect and does it very well because of how great this actor is at playing this type of role
4: because they never try to limit that he's the devil they never say no he's a nice devil no He's just the devil. He's not evil. He's not bad. He's just a person. He's just, a, he's an entity that was put down to do a shitty job. Yeah, he's more he just does what he wants. He's he just more of does like does a man. Yeah. Like. You know, yeah. yeah.
0: Like, like, you know, a sort of Greek god of mischief more yeah. than anything else. One of,
4: one of my favorite scenes from, in, for this entire season was uh, he was throwing a party and this pizza delivery guy comes to the door and he's like, Yeah, I get the pizza. And he goes, Hello, sir. Have you, you've seen those, those, those movies, right? Has anything ever happened to you when you delivered? He's like, N- No. Would, he's like, would you like to? He's like, well, no, I gotta. He's like, come on, come on, come in. And he's like, Britney's, Britney's. This is the pizza delivery man. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, if if you, that's sort of cool. Like not not cool in a gender politics way, but just in more of a, if you're the devil, it's like, yeah, nope, we're gonna we're gonna make this work. We're gonna we're gonna make this work for you, man. That's the nicest thing ever. <laughs> Right. Yeah.
0: That's a cool devil right there. he's like, what, you <laughs> with what do you worry about your
4: job? Fuck your job. I'll pay you. Don't worry. Just come in here. <laughs> Big sausage pizza.
0: Take one. Go. Because <laughs> there's
4: a thing. It's like, you know, it's sort of that, that ghostbusters question. There are some things in your life that as long as like you're single, obviously, but it's some things in your life. If a you know, if a person asks you if you're a God, you say yes. <laughs> so it's like, dude, if you're a police delivery man and you get that, just if you're single, go, go. Oh, because you're going to regret it if you don't. Yeah. You're gonna, it was like there was something on a lead like, years ago where I think you and Martin were talking about. Uh, there was a college uh, guy who wrote in. He's like, man, I just don't think I should date. I'm not sure. And both you and Martin said, like, something to the effect of, man, if you don't date during college, you will regret it. True. For the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, because that's the best <laughs> dating period there that yeah. is. That's the period anything goes. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're going to get a three-way in your life. It's going to happen during college. Yeah. Because it's probably not going to happen after that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and it's, always like, it's sort of the same thing. Like the, de- well, the devil in this show, he's not there to corrupt you so much as he's there to say, what do you really want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah.
0: tell me what you want to do. Just stop hiding your real feelings about things and indulge yourself.
4: Yeah. If you want to get revenge on this person, okay. And yeah, he's a very tempting
0: character. But at the same time, that bites him in the ass on a regular basis as well. And you're like, okay, he, he's learning as he goes in some ways. He hasn't been on Earth in a really long time. Now, uh, this box set come, doesn't really come with a lot extra, okay. unfortunately. There's like a 13-minute thing from uh, uh, the comic, Comic-Con Comic panel last year, which is like – there's not really much to it. Like, get on YouTube. seems yeah. like
6: an odd thing to do before the show premieres to like – Well, they had the pilot there.
0: They showed oh, okay. the pilot mm-hmm. and then they brought out the cast and everything mm-hmm. uh, where he said uh, – uh, uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Lucifer said um, – He tried to make him as a mixture between Noel Coward and Mick Jagger. That's sort of cool. (laughs) I was like, that's kind of interesting. They added a little
4: Davy Bowie in there for Yeah. Um, And
0: there's like little tiny EPK profile pieces on the side characters and, and on just the two main characters, like, you know, minute, minute and a half stuff like that. Uh, there's a few deleted scenes and then a cute gag reel, but honestly not a lot of bonus features to to recommend this, um, which is a shame because like I said, I really do think this is a show a lot of people just blew off when they shouldn't have. It's a lot better than people were giving it credit for. I don't know if it has the strength or the legs to last for a very long time, but it had a
6: real solid first season. My, my issue with Fox and the only reason I, I did end up kind of taking, taking up the show midway through the season I caught up and then stuck with it every week, which I don't usually do with new shows, especially with Fox, because Fox cancels things really quickly, uh, and yeah. without merit, and, uh, and especially when this one was greenlit a second season. With so many TV shows now, I think if a TV show gives me at least two seasons, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. I used to say I'd want at least four or five seasons. Uh, Supernatural was going on way too long. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even caught up on it, and I probably never will be. Cause Shit, I'm Arrow like, might be
4: going on too long at yeah. this
6: point. Yeah, it, yeah. Arrow going into season five. It might be time to, to wrap that puppy up. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um... I will say the, when I found out, which they don't
0: tell you on the show, you just know, as we said earlier, something Mm -hmm. escapes from hell. They've announced that it's the devil's mother, which will be played by Trisha Helfer from Bowser Galactica, which I'm like, and their relationship is she's not some big, like, you know, I'm an all-powerful demon. She's more like a Jewish mom who's really irritating and, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and like is like constantly nagging at him to, to, to do devilish type stuff. And you're like, okay, that could be really funny. Well, that's
4: one of my favorite things about the show, um, in terms of, his relationship with his dad and, you know, so his parents, because he said, I think he puts out that his his dad is God. And he always wonders, you know, why did God send me down there? And he starts realizing it's sort of that. It's sort of the situation that happens when you go from 21 to like your Mm thirties and you start realizing just how much your parents knew that they were trying to warn you about, but you were, (laughs) you were literally too stupid to understand. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, as he's on earth, he's starting to understand emotions. He's starting to understand the flawed people, the flawed humans that God made and why he may be made in the way, why he might be the way he is, and why God put him in charge of hell. And, you know, he's starting to realize shit, God may have a fucking plan. And <laughs> I've been dismissing that. I've been dismissing him so fucking. And, like, that's one thing in this therapy session that starts bothering him. He's like, wait a second, you're. This is not a plan. This is not a fucking plan. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I know he was. He does not work a mysterious way, this motherfucker. I'm. No! No, I don't want it. I don't yeah. want it at all. Which, once
0: again, begs the question, like, where are they going to bring this in the future seasons? And I I find myself skeptical that they're going to live up to the quality of that first of this first anything-goes season. Yeah. But anyway, I don't want to go too long about this. Um, yeah, I, th- I think this is a solid season. If you haven't given it a shot for reasons that are seem reasonable on the outside, considering what you've heard about it, that it's not really based on the comic books at all, mm-hmm. and that it's an episodic-type thing. It's one of those few shows that has an older style that actually does hold up and works really well.
6: So, yeah. And, I mean, just kind of from a numbers standpoint, typical first season started in January. So, it, it's, I mean, being Fox, it was a the thing they probably weren't really sure of. So, it was only 13 episodes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. it's worthy of giving a shot to the first season all the way through.
4: Yeah. And it's something that, like, I, I only found it because, like, I was trying to watch a New Girl on Hulu. And this was coming up as Damn a right suggestion. Because <laughs> it's, it's a great show? It's a great show. Yeah. It's not as good as it used to be, but it's still okay. Lies. Um <laughs> and I started watching it and it's just like it was something that this isn't new girl. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was something that was great to just sort of like digest and like on a Saturday at like eleven A. M. where I have yeah. nothing to do. And then I would find myself thinking about it later in the week. So this is one of those shows that it's not gonna impact you right away. It's gonna be sort of fun to watch and you'll just move on. But during your week you'll just find yourself sort of going over some of the stuff and it's really interesting for that. Agreed. So I like I like to echo what both of y'all said, I think at least, it, at least watch the first two episodes. See if, see if you like it. Don't have to give it three. Just give it two. Yeah, I don't think it's one of the, the best things on TV. But yeah, it's yeah. really well done comfort food. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like a really good burger. Yep. You're just like, that was good. It's not good for me, but it's I like no it. <laughs> it's no steak. It's no steak. Pretty tasty.
3: Into the canyon at the moment of my death. Echo, I created, I lasted my last breath. My voice, it made an avalanche
5: and buried a man I never knew. And when
3: he died, his widow, bride met to daddy, and they made you. I the
0: so next you up, we've heart. got a Showtime show called The Affair, the second season of that. And for this, I brought in one of my oldest friends. I'm Ms. not that old. Well, no, oldest. Friends, you're aging backwards. I'll go with that. Benjamin Button. No, <laughs> my friend Chip. Uh, Hello, Chris. Hi. Uh, you're the. I'm so shocked that I had to look so hard to find someone who's watching the show because I love this show.
5: My wife and I fell in love with it, and we stumbled upon it by accident when I was uh, cruising through Showtime looking for Shameless, of course, and then we saw a trailer, and in the trailer was Ruth Wilson. And Dominic, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dominic West. Dominic West. Yeah. And, you know, we love Dominic West in The Wire, and I've loved Ruth Wilson starting in Luther and then everything else she ever did. So we thought, man, we've got to check this out.
0: She's kind of the female Hannibal Lecter in, in Luther. Oh, yeah. I love, yeah. I love her performance her uh, Alice,
5: Alice Morgan. I, She's I, got so, my heart. So sad they never really
0: did as much good with her as... After the first season as you feel like they should have
5: Yeah, she seemed to be an afterthought um, In the following ones And evidently, I think they made a, a fourth season And she's not in it at all Not in
0: it at all no. What a what a waste She's busy doing uh, The Affair Which, to be fair, is a hell of a performance from her It's fantastic
5: I think she got a Golden Globe uh, I think so, yeah, think yeah, yeah She was nominated and <laughs> won the Golden Globe For her uh, portrayal of Alison Bailey so now we're to the season two. Yes, uh, and season season
0: one is very straightforward. Like it's an affair. The t- it's a titular show. It's like guy done with with his, like, kind of worn out from his wife and kids, meets a girl at a beach town, starts cheating with her. She's also married, but she had lost a kid with her husband, so she's kind of, doesn't even want her husband to touch her anymore. And we see each show split up in half. Half from his point of view, half from her point of view, which is kind of about how things aren't always exactly how you remember them, you know? But season two, they add to that formula.
5: They do. They do. They take that, um... What they were doing all the way through season one, the shows were split in half with our, um, I believe the term is unreliable narrators. Yes. Because we have to figure out exactly who we believe. And um, it's really clever how they were doing that. So in season two, they've added the jilted spouses. Yeah. Mar- which is pretty cool. Mara Tierney,
0: who, uh, oh God, what? she was on news radio, right?
5: I can't tell you. I remember before, but um, <laughs> I love her in this, especially in season two, because they allow her to uh, stretch out this character of Helen Soloway, and she won the Golden Globe, and unfortunately, it was for a supporting actress, and yeah. I can't see how she wasn't a lead actress, but... Um, She's
0: I've, nominated for the Emmy this year, too. Oh, fantastic. Which will be the first one that the show has been nominated and for. And I think
5: she deserves it. And um, then
0: Joshua Jackson, who most people know from Fringe, uh, is the jilted husband uh, on
5: on the other side. That's right, He's, his character is called Cole Lockhart and we get to see a lot more of him too and um, so in this new format now with four somewhat unreliable narrators <laughs> uh, we get to know them all a little bit better, their characters uh, grow and develop more and we I found I uh, became more sympathetic to the Helen character and Cole character because maybe that's what we're supposed to do
0: Oh, completely. Um, Especially, I mean, when you can't help but be more sympathetic when you're seeing stuff from their point of view. But even with those big changes, I would say the biggest change between season one, which despite, I know you guys are like, what? No superheroes? No mutilations? Why would I watch this? Because it's really smart and and kind of edgier seat for a show about just about marital infidelity. But there's this teasing thing throughout it that somebody dies and we know somebody dies and we just don't know who it is. Season two is like, okay, now here's who it is. And we know that one of the characters is on trial for it. We just don't know whether or not he actually did it. So that becomes a much bigger part of the show this time as it's accelerating rapidly towards the finale finale episode, which, you know, meets up with that future flash forward timeline where we actually see who's on trial, who actually did it. And the answer is much more complicated than I expected.
5: <laughs> it's basically, it comes down to who didn't do it in a way. <laughs> it's, the whole town of Montauk did it. it it's like with that, some help from New York City. It's
0: like that it. ending of Clue, where, you know, <laughs> where it's like, well, the real story is
5: everybody murdered. Everybody it. was in on it in one way or another. Yeah, very, very clever. And it does, um, it has those fringes of a good murder mystery all the way through. And I'm a big fan of the crime show myself. So that kind of hooked me. They don't. Do as much with it as they might have, but they do it just enough, which is pretty cool. And then, as we as we go into the climax, like you were just saying, they put it all out on the table for us, with still a surprise twist, because there will be a season three. Yeah, although we're have to have something to do for that.
0: Yeah, much like the, at the end of season one, where I was like how in the hell are you guys going to do a season two of this? You kind of, that was the affair. Okay, good night, folks. You're like, oh, wow, they did a season two that, while more pulpy than season one, certainly, I actually enjoyed a little bit more, I'll say, because I like the pulpy elements of it, you know, when it starts getting into, like, the, the like plausible soap opera. Sure. <laughs> I, will, I will say.
5: Yeah, and along with, uh, in season two, along with adding uh, points of view from two more characters, um, some of the locations... Um, become characters, uh, the Lockhart Ranch, mm-hmm. where um, Allison Bailey's husband grew up, and you know, being a Texan, I was surprised to learn that there was such a thing as a ranch in Long Island, New York. Because yeah, me too. We have ranches bigger than Long Island, New York, here in Texas, <laughs> but that's a uh, that's an aside. Uh, also, the restaurant Lobster Roll, where um, where Allison and Noah met has a larger role in season two and the changing of the community of montauk the whole setting it's been changing a bit in season one it's changing a lot in season two and it all has a lot to do it plays within the storyline i always like a sense of place in my tv shows or my movies i like i like it when the community is a character yes. in the show and that happens a lot in season two of the affair
0: Oh, it most certainly does. I mean, I, I know I would want to go to that island as long as I wasn't hanging out with any of the locals. <laughs> <laughs> Which would apparently they'd be just fine with them. Yeah. So uh, yeah.
5: Spend your money, leave us alone, and get out of town.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's kind of weird some characters got so sidelined, especially considering you know who we find out the victim was. But really... Um, uh, Joshua Jackson's whole family, which played a much bigger part in the first season, are all but absent this time around. They have a few pertinent sequences, but, it, you know, especially considering we're spending so much time following his point of view. But the one thing that made me feel nice is, hey, he finally gets to fall in
5: love again. Isn't that it's nice? It's like,
0: oh, because we feel more sorry for him than anyone in the, in the first season.
5: Well, Cole, yeah, Cole... You're certainly feeling sorry for him in the first season. You get to know him in the second season. But he also has uh, personal growth beyond um, perhaps getting past his wife's infidelity. He has family issues, evidently going back five generations. and And he gets to enjoy a bit of liberation from that, as does Helen. Helen's got deep family issues with her very successful writer father and her domineering mother and we find some character growth with her and a bit of liberation from that relationship as well so i think they've done a really good job expanding these people and having them go from point a to point b and i guess season three will let us know if they have happy endings or not yeah i'm
0: you know i mean so far this thing apparently is getting great ratings and the critics certainly love it to pieces uh, so we very well may see well past a season three, which this is exactly the kind of show that begs the question that like that other networks are doing. Why aren't you having planned obsolescence for shows that are this good? Why do you feel the need to keep going instead of coming to an a, a ending and just being done?
5: You, you study this a lot more than I do, Chris, but I wonder the same thing. You see it a little bit more often. On maybe the BBC Mm -hmm. or whatever, where they'll come out with just a four or six episode TV series and boom, that's it, we're done, walk away. I don't know if it's our um, American appetite of, well, if people are liking it, I must make more. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure, but I've I've thought the uh, same thing about other shows. Uh, One BBC show that I absolutely loved called Peaky Blinders at the end of the second season. Our hero is standing over a grave about to be shot. And I thought, wow, he almost had it all. And then, lo and behold, he escaped. Um, (laughs) You know, just whack him. Make it be done. And you think, oh, my goodness, I loved it. Here we go. I think they easily could have done that with the affair. Mm. But we'll have to see what happens with Season 3. Though I did love every minute of Season 2. And I would certainly suggest your listeners check it out as it comes out on home. DVD? Yes.
0: It it is out now, and it's got a few special features, one of which is, and it drives me crazy when they do this, they're like, it's two episodes of another TV show entirely. I'm like, what, the, what do I want with that? Right. <laughs> stuff uh, of the show Billions, I'm like, which I don't even know anybody who's watching, but maybe it's good. Uh, but then there's a few, like eight minutes of character profiles, you know what those are, little EPKs where they're like, here's a little breakdown on what this character uh, did last season. And then a tour of Montauk, if you want to know more about that town and ranches, <laughs> there's seven minutes and 18 seconds worth of stuff about that. And then uh, about 10 minutes a, a feature called Memory Lanes that actually looks into the all the things that are different, all the discrepancies between Noah and Allison's stories.
5: That could be fun. Yeah. That could certainly be fun. I mean, it's not a heavily
0: loaded with the, on the back end with stuff, but what there is sounds kind of interesting.
5: So, Well, there you have it. Yeah. Anything else to add? Uh, I think I hit all my points on my little list. No, i got to say I do love the fact that the producers cast John Doman as Bruce Butler, Helens very successful writer father of course we remember John Doman playing on the wire where he gave uh Dominic West's character a really hard time so that's he gets right. to he gets to continue that in I the affair
0: didn't even make that connection oh my god yeah you got John Doman man he's been in a
5: ton of stuff a ton of stuff a ton of, of stuff very good. talented character actor for sure
0: he's he's actually uh, Carmine Falcone on Gotham right now I had no idea. Yeah, which is, he's sort of a gray bad guy. Like, well, sometimes he's a bad guy, sometimes he's an ally. (laughs) It's a very John Doman role to play. But
5: anyway, that was The Affair. Thank you so much, Chip. Thank you, Chris, for having me. Anytime.
0: on to the next title and bringing in my friend here Russ Summers if he sounds familiar that's because he's Rob's brother
2: I apologize
0: <laughs> in advance of being Rob's brother <laughs> that's right <laughs> or for any confusion I may cause <laughs> we are going to be talking about Cinemax's The Nick season 2 um, now what's interesting about this more than anything that I did not know till I got to the last episode and I was like, what the fuck? Uh, Is that this was always intended, apparently, to be just two seasons, and then they're going to do a next season that starts with a whole new cast, whole new time period, just still at the Knickerbocker hospital.
2: Wow, I I mean... I can't believe that either. Especially when I got to the end, I was I was shocked as well. Especially because I had enjoyed the season so much. So I was really disappointed to learn that.
0: Well, you're just kind of like, wait, seriously? What's that? how are they going to have another episode after this?
2: And also, how do you top having Clive Owen and Steven Soderbergh?
0: That's yeah, a pretty high bar. To well, and that's part of the the issue with whatever happens next. Soderbergh will not be directing the like this one. He directed every single episode. He will not be doing that. For, directed the hell out
2: of every. Yeah, he did. Episode.
0: He will not be directing the third and fourth season, which will be its own thing it'll be they haven't announced yet who it'll be or when it'll be set but regardless this particular story uh takes place when, when was it like 1900 or something 1901, like that. 1901 um and a hospital that is not the world's greatest hospital to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> it's kind of a shithole actually but it, it has this one big thing about it with that that makes them keep getting money to keep running which is uh uh, what's his name? Uh, Clive Owen's role, Dr. John Thackeray, the chief surgeon there, who is very talented, very well-respected. He, unfortunately, is a massive drug addict. <laughs> and egomaniac. <laughs> and egomaniac. But we like him.
2: A lot, yeah. and he's, he's
0: the smartest guy in the room thing, you know, where you're like, oh, he really is smarter than absolutely everybody else. But the guy's got to deal with his issues. And, and whereas season one was sort of like, watching the beginning of his downfall, like, from, like, you know, celebrated on high to just this junky mess. Season 2 starts right with he's a complete wreck. I mean, he is trading favors of, like, of cocaine, vials of cocaine to do plastic surgery on prostitutes. And we kind of like him there. I
2: mean, it's, <laughs> it's fun It's fun to watch him. Uh, it's, he's almost sort of in his element a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, at that point. Yeah. Anyway, you know, um... It's certainly kind of depressing.
2: <laughs> I like, mean I would say the whole the whole series is a bit depressing. it's, well, not, it's not it's not necessarily a fun watch.
0: no yeah. it's happy is not a keyword in anything that happens in this season especially but all all together. Um, and like the the couple who always seem like the most fun to watch on this whole show is the one that you've got the guy who is the the ambulance driver.
2: Yes, Cleary, I think, is
0: it? Uh, yeah, what is his name? Yeah, Tom Cleary, played by yeah. Chris Sullivan, who's a big but funny Irish guy who clearly has a huge crush on a nun. which is never a good idea played by Carrie Seymour, Sister Harriet and we saw at the end of the last season she got busted for it they were helping young wayward girls who were pregnant have abortions, which obviously the nuns and Catholics generally kind of look down upon so she's been kicked out of the order uh, and she's on trial for it and he's like freaking out going like, shit, I gotta help her I felt like I got her into this in the first place and clearly loves the shit out of her
2: as, yeah. and that definitely takes up a large chunk of the rest of the season seeing where that relationship goes it does but uh, there but they're definitely two characters who sort of emerged particularly from the first season and especially in the in the second season as uh, you know, somebody I, I originally when they started I, I don't think I was as interested in them but now they're definitely you, you rooted for them because they
0: have this banter where yeah. they're like they keep going back and forth where like they're getting along and actually getting along really well now where they constantly used to just snipe at each other but it keeps devolving back into like ugliness and poison and you're like no come on guys you, you like each other yeah, <laughs> um, then you've got Andre Holland is dr. Algernon C Edwards who is the uh, a african-american assistant chief surgeon at the Nick when this Season starts, he's filling in temporarily as chief surgeon and thinks, you know, admittedly naively for that period of time, that they're just going to let him be chief surgeon in, in residence and standing. And it's like, no, it's already a huge deal to them that they're not pleased about that you're working there at all. But they're definitely not going to put you in charge.
2: And a, a really great character that, that also you root for as well. And but, a, a really great actor. But
0: this season, I thought they kind of... He was just kind of
2: dull. He got a little sidelined, I think, as opposed to the first season you know, they, where he was a little more front and center. They
0: introduced a character who was, like, apparently a woman he married but didn't really mean to in Paris. I'm not yeah. sure I exactly understood what and happened And again, yeah, and that,
2: that particular subplot didn't really lead to much. No.
0: Well, yeah, No, it just, like... Uh, yeah, and then the other thing with him is that his, his he uh, injured one of his eyes, and he's trying to get it fixed, but he's not sure it can be. And it might mean the end of his surgical career, which, of course, he doesn't want to have to happen. But it's a, definitely a story they felt like this whole season they just kind of pushed him to the sides. And we kind of did most of the interesting stuff for this guy already. <laughs> you know, you think they're going to do something interesting because there's the one guy who is um, – Oh, the other surgeon who was there before he came, who's completely a racist, uh, and and gets this season really into eugenics because eugenics was first starting coming up, and there's a lot of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Nazis. <laughs> uh, as he is blonde and blue haired anyway Who like can't stand him And they're at odds And they're kind of bringing that to like a You feel like they're bringing it to a plateau And then it just kind of is melts
2: it, away Does that seem to be a running theme here With the second season That they're yeah. introducing a lot of these stories That that didn't really pan out into something bigger Yeah uh, That. That said, I I enjoyed them as they were sort of going on. I mean, I I was I sort of how I felt about the whole series. Um it definitely sort of has that sort of uh early, you know, sort of Victorian era sort of hysterical nature to it a little bit with the period pieces and uh and definitely leans into that with with some plots more than others. Well, that's
0: a thing. I think this season the first couple episodes and the last couple are more of what you got from the first season, whereas the middle is more like just kind of felt meandery to me this season. Like, we're not really sure what we're doing with these characters. And sure enough, even at the end, some of the characters are just kind of felt almost written off.
2: Well, and to to be fair, uh, I would say that the thing that I love about the show is not necessarily the writing, true, but but definitely Soderbergh's interpretation. I, I think without him, the show probably would have been kind of a, a miss. You no,
0: know, another weird thing this season: a character who was barely explored in the first season is one of the primary characters in this one, which is the manager of the Nick, played by Jeremy Bob Herman Barrow, mm-hmm. who has decided he's in love with the prostitute and he's going to build another house by stealing from the new Nick that they're building, as like skimming money money off of the, the construction. Effort to, to build this. And it's like he's a super uninteresting character, I thought.
2: Yeah, he's a little obvious, I, I yeah. Agree. yeah, He's
0: just so one-dimensional, his whole story. And it look, ultimately I get why Soderbergh is doing the things he's doing with all these characters, because in the end, I'm like Dude, somebody buy that dude a balloon and a cake because he is clearly <laughs> thinking that all human beings are bad. Like The way this thing ends is very like, you know what? Fuck people.
2: It was a it was downbeat, to say the least. <laughs> to, yeah, say to say the,
6: the, least. the least. But
2: I, I think that I, I would say about both seasons, um, you know, when I heard, oh, my God, Clive Owen and Steven Soderbergh are going to do a television series mm-hmm. together, I just couldn't have been more excited. I and mean, these are just two of my favorite, uh, you know, filmmaking sort of people ever. And then and then I said, oh, but it's going to be about the the Knickerbocker, you know, in like 1901. And I thought, "Well, wow, that sounds really, that's that's not what I would have expected them to do. Um, but seeing the way that the, the show sort of turned out, I, I, I was just, I couldn't believe it. And especially, as I said before, Soderbergh's sort of interpretation with the music and mm-hmm. his direction, which... Um, Creating the atmosphere of this world is something they do extremely well. And, and no that's question. sort of what carries it over. I think it's one of the reasons you keep coming back to the show. You do like being in that world, even if the stories eh, sometimes are uneven at best.
0: Yeah, uh, it definitely makes some odd decisions that, like I said, really do seem to be in service of saying something negative about humanity. Like, like I mean, it... This thing ends with multiple stories saying, "Good never triumphs; evil always wins. <laughs> and I'm not All no good deed goes unpunished." That, you know, I like.
2: <laughs> I, I can. I can get a no downbeat ending,
0: uh, except for uh, Birdie, played by Michael a- a- Angarano, who is one of the other most recognizable actors from this a young actor, who's always been sort of like, "Oh, he's the young surgeon." Who's that guy? Yeah. yeah, it's him. It's that guy.
2: Again.
0: Y- yeah, uh, who is given just a ridiculously almost. almost out-of-nowhere sweet story to go out to sort of meander off-screen onto, you know. Um, But the real highlight is the last episode, the way that they end the story of our Clive Owen, which is maybe the most disturbing and sickening thing I've ever watched happen in a television show.
2: Wow, that is
0: saying a lot. I had trouble looking at the screen. I was so upset and, and just repulsed. And not in a way like, this is I'm repulsed. Like, oh, this is bad television. I mean, like, it's just so startling and shocking and uh, just organically
2: distressing. Really, after two seasons of the Nick, you that were still distressed. The, and
0: this is the out? most disturbing thing they've ever done wow. on the show. Wow. Yeah. And I, I couldn't. I, I was like, I bear. I'm more watching than, through my more fingers. More than missing
2: noses. Yes. And, wow.
0: Yes. Okay. Definitely more than missing noses. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and this is full season full of moments that are like. Oh God. Oh God. It was, yeah, you it was know, definitely. like I can watch any amount of horror, but if I click on the surgery channel for half a second, I'm like, Oh God, now I'm going to be scarred. And
2: the <laughs> Nick does to a certain extent revel in the sort of gruesome surgery aspects. It's, it's almost uh, one of the primary reasons for its, for its existence, I think. Yeah. So I, I mean, it, it wants to showcase that it wants to, you know, talk about sort of the horror of early medicine.
0: Yes, which is very apparent. (laughs) There's so much here of like... We're just getting started We're with just the horror. We're really just of guessing if this
2: is going to work or not. John, and it probably won't. The
0: thing from last season with John Hodgman, who plays like a guy who runs like a san- sanitarium, uh. whose whole thing, which is based on very close, except for the way his story ends, was pretty much a real guy doing just this. Where he's like, "Oh, uh, what's the problem? Is when you're crazy, you have like it's actually has to do with organs in your body and with stuff. The first thing we take out is we take out all your teeth. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy removed all the teeth of his own children. You're like, oh at a young age to prevent preventative medicine. And and there's like the moment like the one character's wife shows up with all her teeth missing. I was like, oh, Jesus And in, and in a show Christ,
1: filled
2: with that was people real. getting cut into and yeah. all kinds of crazy, horrible sort of uh, disgusting tumors and stuff. That was one of the more upsetting moments, shockingly.
0: It really was. And, and I mean, more so than knowing, wow, that was real, 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 real. They, they really, that this guy was really, really in the, the shit, shit. But again, his character
2: sort of... Uh, Kind of, as you said, comes to comes to nothing.
0: Yeah, sorta. I mean, like like his character. I mean, he certainly gets uh, his come up in some sorts. But then, where that you would expect it to go is such a sort of like, hey man, there's no God. Nobody's up here judging. Like, it's sometimes so really bad, you, bad people just win and good people just lose. <laughs> Which is a very and conceit anyway. To, to a certain extent,
2: sure. Yeah. Especially late period Soderbergh, for sure. I,
0: I mean, I, I really, don't get me wrong, I really do like the show. I think I did That's like the I first am. season better, but... The second season is definitely well worth your time if you like the first season. I, I,
2: that's totally what I would say as well. That if you're a fan of the first season, I, I really would be hard pressed to think you would not enjoy the second season as well. I, and and while the Nick is not sort of one of those peak TV shows that I recommend to everybody, to yeah. people that really love uh, particularly good filmmaking and, and interesting storytelling, it's definitely one I, I tell people about.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Now, the Blu-ray set, which is, that's how you you choose to watch this, has post-ops, which are breakdowns that are about three minutes or so of every episode, which is kind of cool where director and staff and actors come in and talk about details of the episode, which is always kind of neat when they do that. They go episode by episode because I don't have time to listen to a whole fucking commentary. (laughs) It's like busy man. Yeah, right? I don't have time for that shit. It's like, I'll, I'll listen to, like, you know, the ones you have to listen to, like Joel Shoemaker apologizing on Batman and Robin for two hours, which you have to hear. Spinal Tap, where they all... I'll play the characters in Spinal Tap. You got to listen to those, right? But no, I'm not going back and listening to my other favorite movies or TV shows on that. Uh, but there are audio commentaries on here with the actors and directors and what have you, if you feel like doing that sort of thing.
2: with Soderbergh as well?
0: Uh, let's see.
2: I am not seeing any with Soderbergh. Oh, that's his commentaries on particularly the limey and out of sight are fantastic. So you do have time for the commentaries. I, I will make time for a Steven Soderbergh commentary. Okay. He is a fantastic, uh, uh, you know, sort of person to listen to with all that. He's very insightful, and and he has a lot of interesting anecdotes. And he's he's just a really great personality.
0: Well, other than those, the post ops commentaries. There's a real brief thing that's uh, basically a uh, look at the gore effects and how they did them when he's uh, autopsying the heroin addict sequence in episode 204, Wonderful Surprises. Yeah. So, yeah, which is really nasty. But it's only a minute and a half. I'm kind of like, yeah, I want more of the How You Did the Gore because some of it is that's really good. Want. Okay. Yeah, there's some really excellently I want more done more How You disturb Me. Yes. How did you do that? That's what got me into horror in the first place Fair was kind of like, hey, uh, I'm repulsed and fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, thank you, Russ, for joining me on this. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. Well, that was one hell of a two-parter D.N. episode. There was a lot of watching. I was just unavailable for quite some time, making my way through a lot of this stuff. Fortunately, a lot of these shows were shows I was watching as they were airing anyway, because otherwise I'm not sure how this would have been possible. And it certainly wouldn't have been possible without all these great people who came on to help me out and review these shows with me. Uh, it would sure would be nice if they put out these sets more staggered instead of all on the same month. But what are you going to do? Just apparently a lot of the shows I like happen to be on the same schedule. Anyway, we'll be back, as I said, before the show started uh, very shortly with our standard movie list of uh, reviews with me and Joe. That'll be coming up. And then after that next week will be me and Marcos again. So uh, anyway, please, once again, if, you, if you're if you going to buy any of these, click on our Amazon links. Buy them through there. And I beg you, become a subscriber. It is the biggest, most number one, most helpful helpfulest way you can be helpful. That is not english that's okay it's it's at the point i'm recording this it's like twelve thirty-seven in the morning on a wednesday and uh i'm i'm a little tired and maybe i've had beer uh, maybe anyway thanks so much for joining us for digital noise and we'll hear from you shortly leave a comment tell us what you think
2: i miss comments